On this episode, Amanda and I will be talking about COVID-19. Um, we recorded this episode back in the middle of July, I think it was July 20th, and we had a lot less information then than we have now. So we'll also be following up with a more recent update and we'll probably continue to update on the situation and how we're dealing with digital learning and the reopening phases and all the new challenges. We are really building the plane as we fly it. So I hope that you enjoy this and here we go. A podcast for everything related to education. We are two teachers who met in elementary school and we're still friends. And now we're collaborators. Yay! Today we're going to talk about COVID-19, the coronavirus. Right. Um, So we actually started recording this podcast before COVID stopped school back in March. And then we didn't see each other for a long time. And for obvious reasons, this was really put on hiatus. But... Now here we are in our first few episodes, and this is just what we have to talk about. Yeah, it's funny because we talked about like classroom management and things that, that don't really apply in the same way anymore. It's also just not what teachers are thinking about right now, yeah. and we really want to try to stay on top of what is on the mind of teachers at the moment. Uh, you know, sometime soon we want to talk about being a first-year teacher, but we thought that this was a really important subject to get into. And we're not trying to make any political stance here. I cannot believe that the issues of public safety are now partisan. Right. And that's, you know, that's crazy to me. But um, so, yeah, politics aside, we're going to talk about how we are feeling, what we're thinking about. Um, We're also going to talk to another friend from elementary school. Yes, Veronica. Vernie. Yeah, we're going to talk to Vernie, who is also a teacher. She teaches art education um, in elementary and middle school. So we're looking forward to talking to her. So Amanda, just generally, how are you feeling? So yeah, it's like about a month before school is going to start. And that's less so than other a lot of other counties who start a lot earlier than mine. Um, I'm feeling just right off the bat uncertain. Um, Mm -hmm. mainly because my county as of now has not made a, you know, hard decision on what we're doing. A lot of counties neighboring us are going full virtual. And then some other counties around us are going back to school five days a week. Um, so the fact that we don't know yet, and I think we did have a little bit more wiggle room because we don't start, we we start a little bit later. Mm -hmm. So we didn't have to make that decision. You know, we're not two weeks away, but we are a month away. So... We're really getting there. Yeah. And this is the part of the summer that I start to think about and get excited about the next school year. Yeah. Um, And it's really hard. You know, we do have some obligations to, you know, to learn about these online programs that we'll probably be using. And the key word here is probably the uncertainty is so real. Um, We're actually going to find out today in a couple of hours what the plan is. Um, and you know, what's, what's interesting is that 
our superintendent put out a message saying that there are so many ifs that we we can't you know it's like we could go back if but we're not able to meet those ifs because of the condition of our schools and right you know the the data is changing every day so I I think it, it it's in a way I think it's good that it's going county to county to make these decisions because each county looks really different in their funding in their ability to open safely and just in their COVID numbers. So yeah. if if there's if it, if it can't be safe, it just can't be done. That to me is the bottom line. I think that certain counties could open safely, but again, it's like, are we going to go back, and then someone's going to get sick in the school, and then we have to go back to full virtual? And it's like, yes, consistency is so important, or con- consistency is what we're losing. It's like if. There's so many ifs. I agree. It's yeah. just really hard to even plan for anything. And what's interesting, so our superintendent said, considering there are so many ifs, we, you know, I'm recommending full virtual in, for the beginning of the school year and then, you know, getting more in person as we're able to address some of those concerns. However, it is not the superintendent's decision. It is the school board. And our school board is politically more in line with the White House. And we don't know if they're going to take the superintendent's advice, which is well, really and and like confusing. medical people's advice, scientists. Yeah, um, just the the facts are not necessarily I, the the politics is is mind blowing, but um, yeah, the the ifs are interesting. So and it's also very unfortunate that county by county there is such a disparity. In resources and funding. Right. The fact that um, some schools couldn't open because they literally can't buy enough PPE equipment. There's not enough Mm -hmm. masks. There's not enough hand sanitizer. There's not enough sinks available for students to wash their hands that are in working condition. And that is just a huge highlight of what is wrong with the discrepancy in funding and education systems. It is just being highlighted to a max right now. Yeah. I was watching a school board meeting and I've watched several of these and one person's argument you know was that we have been campaigning at this local high school to fix all of the sinks in the bathrooms for over a year and nothing has happened now we now we're talking about in six to eight weeks going back to school in person and requiring all of this hand washing well, how are we going to even get there if it's taken over a year to get nowhere in fixing some sinks? Like that yeah. is, uh, you know, things move really, really, really slowly, well, fun- especially in big counties or, or city schools. F- funding in schools is always a problem. And the fact that we're adding like, you know, we're going to have to clean more. So we're going to have to pay people to clean more. The fact that we're going to have to have more equipment. The fact that like, you know, now I usually share my classroom supplies I can't do that. What if a kid can't afford pencils or crayons or markers and I can't share them? Are they just going to be left out of activities if their parents don't send it in? I mean, I see myself, and this happens to teachers all the time, having a surplus of the supplies that I have bought with my own money. I mean, my county does give us a surplus, but I have a feeling that's going to go out real quick if I'm using that for safety equipment, right? which is something I've never budgeted before ever in my teaching life right and you know in these school board meetings that i'm watching they don't say the word teacher 
Like right. that is, they'll talk about how kids have to go back or, you know, that it's so important for them developmentally and blah, 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 and for the economy. And the word teacher doesn't come up. And that is so startling that in like a 20 to 30 minute conversation about a place where there's teachers and students and staff, that only the kids are like, it isn't like kids, okay, send the kids back to school. What about the teachers? Right. I mean, also like when... Because my county's COVID levels are pretty low, I was like, yeah, I would rather be back in the classroom. I get why that's more socially appropriate, in especially the elementary setting. I understand that, like, students are hurting from not being there, but I think what is going to happen is they're going to hurt for other reasons. They are not going back to an actual, tip, quote-unquote, typical school. They are going back to a vastly different thing, and I think this idea of throwing them into a a scene that doesn't look like school, that doesn't feel the same, that your teacher can't hug you and can't love on you, that's going to have its own repercussion effects of how students feel about going to school in the future. Yeah. I wanted to talk a little bit about the different plans that different counties are going towards, not just my own, but counties that I've heard. So I guess the most basic ones is counties are going to open up just regular and have all of their students there. I don't really understand how they can do that safely by any means. And where you see this plan being proposed is places like Florida and Texas and where their levels are going up. Yes, very, very badly. So I, I don't I don't see that as a sustainable option. It's even, you know, and they're not even saying everyone has to wear a mask. They're saying, we recommend that students wear masks. Yeah, I just... Uh, we I, recommend I, that students do their homework. It doesn't mean that's going to happen. Right. I mean, that's going to be just what their their family is advocating for 100%. Um, also, like, in our state, we're mandated in public to wear a mask. And we are forced to social distance and remain six feet apart. That is not happening in a classroom that is at full capacity. Right. It's just not possible. Um, I know another plan is having like A-B days. Mm -hmm. Half the kids go one day, half the kids go the other day, and the other day that they're not there, they are given assignments to complete, virtual assignments that can be completed. Um, So we are able to maintain six feet distance. I mean, the idea is desks will be placed that level. Whether or not we can keep students six feet apart from one another or from ourselves is a whole different story. But that to me at least makes a little bit more sense. You know, less children, the same kids every other day. So they're seeing 50% less children than they normally would and having one day a week where it's virtual learning. So the teachers are able to catch up with their, you know, the days that the students aren't there, that they still have students there. So the teachers are gonna be there five days a week. Mm -hmm. So that goes, I mean, that just goes back to a safety issue. If the teacher is seeing those students for seven hours a day and we can't switch classes, I just don't even know what resource is going to look like. No. And and on top of that, you know, we're breathing the same air in a small room with not ideal HVAC systems. A lot of schools around us are like 100 years old, not not exaggerating, um, you know, and, and have faulty HVAC systems. So you know, you consider even if there's only 15 kids in a room, right? you're still 
you know, you're still, it's very difficult to control that with an airborne illness. And, you know, on top of it, you know, we're not just being exposed to 15 kids, we're being exposed to, you know, if it's 30 kids or much more if you're in middle and high school. Yeah, um, middle and high school. Or if you're are a resource gonna see, teacher. Are going to see 100 kids a week, you know, throughout the week. What, 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 you know, what, however you see it. So it's not like they have an option to control only 30 kids, which is still not a great number. And for teachers that are immune compromised. I have friends who are pregnant now. Right. Who aren't due until October, November. Like, they don't want to go back to school. I mean, I know teachers, yeah, who, who have diabetes. Yeah. Who have heart conditions, who are older. Are we going to ask them to go back and, I mean, essentially risk their lives for this? Which, which brings us to the hybrid model, which is essentially the same as the last model, a little bit different. Um, so a county near us, which is a very large county, they're doing, they gave families a choice for in-person or hybrid or completely online. And what that means is, is either, um, you know, kids who opt for in-person, it's two days a week of in-person and similar to the AB. And then there's also kids who are online. So those kids who are online, basically what a teacher would have to do is say there's 10 kids in the classroom. Then she also, or he also has to live stream and pay attention to the screen to respond to questions from kids who are online in a Zoom, kind of in the classroom. So that's one model which we would have to get used to and learn about. But they're not just doing that one model. They're also doing a full online. So yeah. And they also have to pay attention to all of the things that are happening in the classroom. I cannot imagine. They're basically doing three different... You have to now learn three completely brand new ways of teaching and do all three of them on different days in a week. Well, something I noticed in our state was that it depends on the age group too. Pre-K through third could be back in the building before fourth through twelfth. So it, so it could be confuses that, me. yeah, I don't know why there's a distinction because yes, I get why those younger kids need to be in the classroom. That doesn't make those teachers any less vulnerable to the exact same problems of older kids. But I mean, that's what's happening. So what I have heard is that maybe third grade and under will be back and fourth and up will be full virtual. Mm-hmm. And we were, I was looking at programs um, with a committee you know, last week, and we were looking at virtual programs, and a lot of those programs would use our teachers, but then a program that's already made for virtual learning that they can use as basically a tool. So mm-hmm. the teacher will use some of the resources that they have, some that this program has, and it makes it a little bit more fluid. It makes it just a little bit less uh, seamless. And that seemed like a positive model, but the fact that we're talking about different things because the students are older not because the teachers will be safer is also pretty mind-blowing. I get why it would be easier. I mean, I have always planned to teach in person. That's what I've always done. So I understand that it would be easier for me to do, but I also don't want to put anyone in danger. I just just don't want to do that. Yeah, and it's amazing that the conversations around this topic – are not at conversations about this topic. It's saying that, well, kids don't really, well, it's not as dangerous for, and 
those conversations are so illogical for children or, you know, or, you know, we don't close the schools because of the flu. And those conversations literally are not about what we're talking about. Yeah. And they're also stupid. But that's, you know. I mean, what you've heard in the last 15 minutes or so is that no one seems to know, but COVID has only been around for, I mean, less than six months at this point. There's a lot that science hasn't caught up to and can't know for certain. So it is confusing to think that we are going to make these really big decisions with millions of people Mm -hmm. involved without knowing everything. I mean, something I was a big proponent for is let's just go three more months and then, you know, we take next summer away. I don't want to lose my summer by any means. I don't want that. But I would rather do that than put anyone at risk for getting sick or dying. So I just feel like there are other solutions and that we're not we're not allowing ourselves to do it. Everyone is really, really jazzed at getting back to the new normal. Not everyone. There are people in power that are really jazzed in getting back to the normal. And I understand parents need to go back to work. I get that. Families are not functioning like they used to. Parents are not meant to be educators for their children. But these are not typical times. Mm -mm. This is not normal. We are not living in the normal. And I feel like it's just, yeah, it's demoralizing to teachers. And I really just feel very passionately that, you know... I don't know, end of the day, I feel like we're just being treated as babysitters. That we need to go back because the economy needs to get going. And that to me is a really baffling, you know, I I have my master's degree. Why am I not being treated with respect as a, a an educator? Right. And it's also, you know, if we go back with uh, not completely... If we go back with a hybrid model or, you know, an AB model then still parents have to be home with their kids half the time half the time which is not really back to normal or if everyone goes back and then they have to shut down schools again which they 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 will i mean uh, that's what i think i think that that's what's going to happen with absolutely no precautions then parents will go back to work for a couple weeks and then it'll be back to March. It'll be back to everyone has to stay home all of a sudden. And, and I, I will say, I think I think counties will plan for that because we, it is anticipated that that is a possibility. Yeah. So I think that actually, I think that there will at least be, if we go back to full virtual, here's the plan. It's stated. We yeah. know what it is. So it will be better than what happened last year in March where it was a complete surprise. Right. So that being said, imagine this. So we need to get used to a full virtual. And we did it a little bit, but we didn't really know what we were doing in the last couple months of the school year. But let's say that we start the school year full virtual, but with training and with resources um, for even just a month, then we would be ready for it when it comes. Hopefully it's longer, you know, hopefully it's going to be a, a reasonable amount of time so that our numbers come down first but yeah it's what we're gonna see is we i mean we are gonna get this data this data is gonna happen the schools that go virtual and the schools that go back and the schools that have a hybrid plan we're gonna see it and it's gonna happen but what is really scary is what that means it's also 
when we look back on this data, how much harm could have been prevented? That's really like what I feel like the is missing from this picture. You know, if we go for full virtual, there's going to be, I guess, there's, there'll be harm to, there will be some kind of harm. But as far as spreading the virus, right, it's not going to be a contributor. If we go back in whatever capacity, like how much harm could be prevented if we just did full virtual, you know? Right. Anyway, deep breath. Yeah, deep breath. Thank you so much for listening to Lesson Learned and Class Dismissed. But before you go, make sure that you email us any topic ideas that you have at lessonlearnedteachers at gmail.com. That's lessonlearnedteachers at gmail.com. And check out G. Smith's music. Um, We have a link to her page in our bio. Thanks. Bye.